Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Tim from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire. This is our weekly podcast of the sermon from the prior Sunday. Normally at this time, I have invited everybody to join us for worship at 8, 30, and 11. Uh, but right now we're in the midst of the global pandemic, and so we are not having worship in our building at 8, 30, and 11. Instead, you can find us online doing virtual worship using Zoom. You can find the information for all of that on our website at www.htelc.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And uh, those are the two primary ways in which to find our links to have worship with us. So it doesn't matter where you are, as long as you have an internet connection, you can join us for worship. So thank you for listening. We hope that you find the sermon meaningful and purposeful, that it connects to your life and how you interact with the world. And most of all, it reveals God's infinite love for you and all of creation. The gospel reading comes from Mark. As I said, we're now in the chapter of Mark. Mark 13, verses 24 through 37. It will sound very similar to what we have heard these past few weeks. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that it is he near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware and keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands a doorkeeper to keep on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord, the Word of God for the people of God. As I said, we are in the book of Mark. Now you notice some similarities. And let me tell you a little bit about the context of this passage also. Again, Mark has 16 chapters, so this is the tail end of Mark's Gospel. It is taking place at the same time that we just heard those other passages from Matthew this past week. Jesus has come into, the, has come into Jerusalem on the donkey on what is we call Palm Sunday. He's walked into the temple, and he's t- walked out of it, and then said, not one stone will be left upon another. And he goes on to say, uh, and the disciples ask, I'm sorry, when will this happen? Mark is telling the same thing that Matthew has told. Now, there's a reason why this is a little bit about Bible knowledge or how it came to be. Mark is the earliest gospel written, most scholars think. 
Matthew and Luke were written afterwards, and both Matthew and Luke had the Gospel of Mark at their disposal when they wrote their Gospels. So you will notice some similarities, line for line, word from word, in Matthew and Luke that you will find in Mark. And not only will you find some things, but they'll expand on it. They add in their own flavor, you might say, or their own interpretation, or their own experience. And so Matthew and Luke, while they contain some of Mark, they also contain some of their own writing that is unique to them. One little bit also, Matthew and Luke will contain things similar to each other that are not in Mark. So most scholars think Matthew and Luke had another source at their disposal as they composed their Gospels besides the Gospel of Mark. And they, what scholars call this source is Q. The thing about Q is nobody has it. It is not really in existence for us to look at today. We believe it existed because there are similarities in Matthew and Luke that are word for word, line for line, in each other's Gospels that are not in Mark. So how did they have these similarities unless they had another source in which they could pull from to write their Gospel? But that's getting a little beyond ourselves. I want to go back to Mark's Gospel and what Mark is going on here when Mark was written because that will help us understand what is going on. Because as we said, Jesus comes into the temple says it's all coming down. The disciples say, when is this going to happen? A private conversation. And then Jesus goes on, and he'll say some different things here in Mark than he says in Matthew's that we heard. But he essentially goes on and says, brother against brother, parent against child. Parent will turn their child, or child will turn the parent in and cause death. I mean, what Jesus is saying is there's going to be, in a way, mass chaos of what is going on. And then we get to this passage where he says you don't know exactly when all this is going to occur. So we get these words that we heard from Matthew's gospel. Keep awake. Persevere. Don't give up hope. Now what we need to understand when we read the Bible also, most of the Bible is not written to explain what will happen in the future. It is written to help people understand what is going on around them now. Vast majority of the Bible is not about how to get to heaven when we die. Some people say the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, might stand for basic instructions before leaving earth. As Lutherans, we don't believe that about the Bible. It's not about how to get to heaven when we die. The Bible was written by people in a certain time and place to help them understand what was going on around them and to give them hope in the midst of it. This passage from Mark is more about what's going on in the midst of them and helping them understand it. Because Jesus isn't so much talking about that the temple is going to fall down, that it's going to be destroyed, that families are going to turn against one another in the future, but what's going on in their midst right now? Because one of the things that occurred is that when Mark's gospel was written, 
the temple was actually destroyed. There was something called a Jewish revolt that occurred right around or just before Mark wrote his gospel down. And what the Romans did to squash the Jewish revolt is that they came in and they essentially destroyed Jerusalem and they destroyed the temple. It literally had fallen down all around them. Not one stone was left upon another. Can you try to fathom what people must be feeling when the center of their world that they made a pilgrimage to every year that their life revolved around was destroyed. Why is this happening? What is going on around them? And then we need to remember about what it cost to be a follower of Jesus at that time also. Remember what happened to Jesus, right? He didn't submit to the powers of Rome that be. He talked about a new way of life. And we killed him for it. If you were a follower of Jesus in these early days, it was not a safe place for you. You might choose to follow Jesus, and it came with consequences. And so there was devastation around them. There was destruction around them. Families were being torn apart over these things. And Jesus is talking to those people that are in the midst of it, saying, in a way, in my opinion, this is, I don't want to say it's okay, but this is what is happening. And to give hope that it is not the end. Keep awake. It will not last. Right now, we are in the midst, I don't know how many times I'm going to come, come back to this, we're in the midst of pandemic. We're in the midst of poverty on the rise. We went through all those statistics last week, right? From the uh, homeless to the naked to the sick to the prisoner to the stranger. We even talked about more than half the world's population doesn't have access to a safe, clean toilet. We are in the midst in which it might seem if we open our eyes, the world might be falling down around us where we want to give up hope, where we think the reality that God is going to bring, this dream is, can no longer be a reality. We want to give that up and just say, this is the way life is. It's not going to get any better. So let's just buckle down, build up a, a wall or build up a big fence around our house or insulate ourselves however we might do it and just think about ourselves and our own comfort. Isolate so I don't have to deal with what is going on in the world around us. That seems really appealing, doesn't it? There's a reason why we have the expression, ignorance is bliss. And yet, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called not to be ignorant, but to open our eyes to the world around us, to understand the pain and suffering that is going on, to enter into its midst, and to hold on to hope that it will not 
last, to not just fall asleep, oblivious to what is going around us, but to keep awake. To keep awake and hope in a new day is coming. Remember, Advent isn't just about remembering what God has done in the past to say Christ is born, but it's looking forward to what God is going to do in the future, that Christ will come again. That Christ will come again. One of my good friends from seminary, Christian Nysonger, he's a chaplain in the army. Right now he's stationed in Germany. <laughs> I, one of his favorite things to say is when things aren't going well, he simply says, Christ, come quickly. Christ, come quickly. So in the midst of it, we hear the words of Jesus saying, stay awake, keep awake, And it's okay to say we're tired. Christ, come quickly. And to hold on to hope. The hope of this Advent season. That Christ is coming. Amen.